This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start Matthew chapter 16 and again... Here, here the Pharisees show up and they want to show down and so they're going to get it but they they're just not going to they're not going to give up their pursuit to show the world or the known world at that time that Jesus is a fraud and uh, even though Jesus has put them in their place time and time again they just keep showing up and Jesus just keeps showing out and, and just putting them in their place and sending them on back to where they came from and so they're going to just it, it, here in Matthew chapter 16, we see it all all over again. They continue to humiliate themselves and show their hypocrisy. Because if you think about it, these these guys, they they claim to follow God. They're supposed to be showing people what what God is like, and yet they deny His very existence. But even though He's walking around, they're seeing these miracles that Jesus is doing. Uh, they're they're seeing His teaching and how authoritative his teaching is and yet they're denying that jesus is god in the flesh they're calling jesus a blasphemer and they're saying that uh, he is from the devil uh and it, it doesn't matter what jesus does it doesn't matter how many miracles he performs they're not gonna get it they're not gonna believe and in in this time in matthew chapter 16 they're really going to show their ignorance because they have brought some some Sadducees along with them for the ride this time. And they come to Jesus absolutely demanding a sign. Even though he has given many, and he's even raised a 12-year-old girl from the dead, he has fed a crowd of over 10,000 people and another crowd, a Gentile crowd of 10,000 people with just a few fish and a few loaves of bread. They're demanding this sign, no matter. But like I said, no matter what Jesus does, no matter how many signs He provides, they're not gonna listen. They're not gonna. Uh, they're they're just gonna continue their pursuit to deny Jesus and show the world that He's a fraud. And Jesus knows this. He knows their hearts. He knows why they are doing this. And so He tells them. He says, "The only sign that you're gonna get is a sign of Jonah." referring to him being in the tomb for three days after he will be crucified, which they're going to have him crucified, these Pharisees, these Sadducees, and the religious leaders. They just they, they finally get their moment because they, they've tried to kill him several times. They've picked up stones on occasions and tried to stone him, but he would always escape. They've tried to push him off a cliff, but he escaped. But they finally get their chance, and we're, going, we're creeping up creeping up on that moment because we're in matthew chapter 16 so we're getting close to that time to when they will have their way and they're going to see their sign but at the time when jesus says hey i'll give you a sign the only sign you're going to get is the sign of jonah because uh, jonah was in the the the, the, the fish of the, the the belly of the big fish for three days and jesus is referring to him being in the tomb for three days and then he's going to come, just like that fish spit out Jonah, that tomb's going to spit out Jesus. He's going to walk out alive, conquering death, hell, and the grave. But, uh, of course, these, these religious leaders, these Pharisees and the Sadducees, they, they have no idea what Jesus is referring to. Uh, their, their minds are blown. And, and, and it's like a, it's a mic drop moment for Jesus. And so uh, Jesus walks off. He, he, he heads off with his disciples. 
and they're going to have a discussion, Jesus and his disciples. And and what we're going to see is, you know, we expect it from the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders, but we don't really expect the disciples not to understand, not to get it. But we see this constantly with them, even though they have walked with Jesus on a daily basis for quite some time now. I'm not exactly sure. I've never ha- sat down and added it up. Uh, but we know that w- they were with Jesus for three to three and a half years, and they never really understood uh, until the Holy Spirit falls in Acts chapter 2. And then they understand what's really going on. Um, but up to this point, they continue to, to flop in their faith, if you will. They, they just they don't get it. And so Jesus is going to have a discussion with them and... and, and um, and to see um, exactly where they are in their faith. What, what do they believe? Do, how, how much do they understand? And it, it's, it's really interesting. It says, Matthew says in uh, verses 5 through 12, when they crossed the lake, the, disciple for, the disciples forgot to take bread. Talking about the seven basketfuls that was left over from where Jesus just fed that big Gentile crowd. Uh, they forgot it. They left it on the shore. And Jesus says to them, he says, be careful. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And the disciples discussed this among themselves and said, Is it because we didn't bring any bread? Aware of their discussion, Jesus says, You can't hide nothing from God. He knows everything that we say before we even say it. Before it even comes off the tip of our tongue and out of our mouth. He knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're going to say before we ever even say it. And they're not hiding anything from Jesus. He knows what they're talking about. We see this over and over again. When the Pharisees are thinking something in their minds, Jesus calls them out in public. And here's his disciples having this discussion amongst themselves. Is it because we didn't bring any bread? No, you big doofus. It doesn't have anything to do with bread. And Jesus is going to explain that. He says, Matthew says, Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith. Why? He has a right to say that to them, by the way. And he can say it to us. Because they... They they had just witnessed him feed a crowd of over 10,000 people. And they're freaking out because there's another crowd. And Jesus wants to feed this other crowd. And they're saying, where are we going to get enough food to feed them? Because we quickly forget what God has done. Very quickly. And they forget over and over and over again. They're just not grasping it. It's just mind-blowing to them. And I, I, hey, if I was there and I was walking with them, I would get it. I would understand. I, I would know uh, how difficult this would be. They've never seen anything like this before. Uh, in their entire lives, and it's just it, it was just mind blowing to them. And and you know when we read these stories of Jesus and what he done, it's easy to understand if you, we put ourselves in their shoes. Um, and so Jesus is aware of their discussion, and he says, "You of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? No, they don't. Don't you remember the five loaves for the five thousand, and how many basketfuls you gathered?" Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And then they understood, Matthew says, that he was not telling them to be on guard against the yeast used in bread. Not the physical bread. you know, Not this bread that you just ate with these 20,000 people. But... Be aware of the the leaven of the bread. Be aware of of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's what Jesus was trying to get them to understand. So if I can use a a, a football analogy, if you will, it's just funny to me how these guys continue to fumble 
the ball. They're running for a touchdown. They're running with Jesus, but they just continue to fumble the ball. Uh, they've, they have been by Jesus' side since he had called them, and they had given up everything to follow him, and yet they still don't get it. They, they just cannot, and I, and I understand it, they cannot wrap their heads around the fact that they were actually walking with God in the flesh and Jesus can do anything that he wants to do that goes with the will of God. Now, now think about this. They have heard his teachings. They have seen huge crowds gather everywhere that Jesus goes. They have seen the impact that Jesus has made in people's lives time and time again. They've seen miracle after miracle, including a 12-year-old girl being raised from the dead. They have seen ginormous crowds get fed with somebody's lunch, you know, just a few fish and some bread. They themselves have been given the power to work miracles, and they've gone out two by two into villages and preached the message of the kingdom, and they themselves have worked miracles, and yet they continue to struggle trying to understand, trying to comprehend. And I understand it, and I'm sure you do too, because we do the same thing. But these guys, they're freaking out because they think that Jesus is upset with them because they didn't have enough bread, physical bread. They forgot the bread. They left it on the shore when they left. Now, the last time that Jesus fed the huge crowd, there's 12 basketfuls of leftovers, right? One for each, one for each disciple to show them that God is Jehovah, Jireh. He is the provider. And he will not only supply the immediate need, but he will, because the immediate need was to feed this crowd. So God, uh, he supplied the immediate need, but he also supplied them with a future need. He also supplied them with enough food to take for each disciple that they can eat later on. That's why there were 12 basketfuls of leftovers. God will take care of future needs as well. So there is no need to be worried and concerned, but yet... Do we not, on a daily basis, continue to doubt God and continue to worry and continue to be concerned with what's what's coming up, what's going on, why is this happening? Uh, and, and we begin to freak out. And, and God is saying, trust me, I'm here, I'm in control, trust me. But we're just like the disciples. We, we continue to doubt. That's why I say, I understand where they're coming from. And I'm sure you do too. Now in this last feeding of the Gentile crowd, uh, there were seven basket. Uh, baskets of leftovers and the number seven in the Bible is the number of perfection it's a number of completion and it's showing the Gentiles as well as the disciples that are following Jesus that God not only provides but he is perfect and they should trust him God knows our need before we ever even ask Jesus says but he wants us to ask and he will provide he will come through and he wants us to trust him that he will. Um, but when they get they get in the boat with Jesus and they travel to the next des destination, they realize that they forgot the bread, the physical bread that God had provided. So they get out into the sea and Jesus starts talking about the leaven of the Pharisees. And they thought that Jesus was scolding them because they had forgotten this bread, but he wasn't scolding them. He was actually warning them about the Pharisees and their teachings um, you know, it, 
like I said a while ago, it's so easy to look at these 12 men and, and, and these disciples who follow Jesus on a daily basis and see all these great things that Jesus has done and to hear all of his teachings. And it's easy for us to condemn them and say, how can you be such idiots? How can you be so foolish? Why do you not get it? Why do you not understand? Because, you know, we're looking back. We can go to the book of Matthew or to the book of Mark or Luke or John or, what, or any book in the Bible because it's finished. It, it, it's it's written for us and we can go back and we can read the story from beginning to end we we can see how it started we can see what was going on through the, the as the story unfolded and then we can see how the story ended and so we we see the fallacies of the disciples over and over again and, and it's easy just to shake our heads but in, in, in the question, like, you, you, you guys are a bunch of goofballs. You just couldn't understand, and you should have understood. You know, you're walking with Jesus. But if you stop and think about it, we do the very same thing today. You know, if, if we go to church services, well, what do we do at church services? We, we sing songs about Jesus, right? We, we sing songs in worship. We listen to sermons about Jesus. Uh, we read the Word of God when we're not at church, when we're in our homes. We read the Word of God. We pray to God. We, you know, we pray through Jesus and pray in Jesus' name. Uh, and when we're reading the Word of God, it teaches us about Jesus. So we know a lot about Jesus, and many of us have a relationship with Jesus. But how often? Think about it. How often do we quickly forget Jesus and who he is and what he has done? We, we know we're supposed to be like Jesus. That's our goal. We're, we strive on a daily basis to be like Jesus. That's what Paul tells us to do in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Be like Jesus. And he even says, in, uh, uh, is it in Ephesians or Galatians? He says, imitate me because I'm imitating Jesus. So we are supposed to be imitating Jesus and people are supposed to be able to look at us in the example that we live for Christ so that it would point people to Jesus, right? And we know that. But think about it. Did I do that today? Was I a good example of Jesus today? Did I, did I live for Jesus yesterday? What about last week? What about last month? Or... You know, did I act like a fool when when so and so made me mad, or so and so hurt my feelings, or you know they were over there telling those dirty jokes and I got involved, or they were over there doing this thing that, that didn't really glorify God, and, and and I chimed in on it. You know, you could fill in the blank with whatever. Did I help that person in need when I saw them uh, uh, struggling, or when I, when I overheard them talking about their need and I had the means to meet their need, but you know, uh, I, I just didn't do it. I, I could have glorified God in their situation, but instead I, I passed on the opportunity because, you know, I was in a hurry. Or did I listen to the person in line as they talked about their troubles and, and, and did I offer to pray for them or or did I just turn my head and go out by, go on about my business because I just didn't have time or, you know, fill in the blank with whatever whatever example you want to. This is the same exact thing that's going on with the disciples. And they think that they're getting scolded. And they were continually forgetting who they were walking with and, and their faith. It, it, it's, it's sporadic, man. It's all over the place. 
In fact, they had just asked Jesus previously, Lord, increase our faith. And yet they seem to be lacking in the faith department. And so do we at times, if we're honest. And so this is going to give Jesus a perfect opportunity uh, to question his disciples, to see where they're at in their walk with him. And so he, he's going to just give them a little survey. And boys, fill out this survey for me, if you will. Just answer these two questions. And Matthew tells us what the survey uh, is all about in verses 13 through 20. He says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? So it's like a poll going on here. Jesus wants to know, who do people say that I am? This general population who's been a part of these crowds, everywhere that I go, who do they say that I am? And so the disciples reply to the survey, well, some say you're John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, they say you're Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And, and, and if you think about it, these are all people that God spoke to and used in various different ways to get his message to the common people. And and some prophets like Elijah, they were even able to perform miracles. So it's understandable that the, the, the common person that were that had been influenced by Jesus in these crowds, it's easy to understand why they would say what they're saying, because they're trying to figure this out. Who who is this miracle worker that claims to be from God? And so some say, well, he's John the Baptist. Some say he's Elijah. And still say uh, that he's Jeremiah or, you know, he's one of the other prophets. And Jesus was a prophet, but he, was just, he wasn't just a prophet. He was also a priest. He was also a king. Um, but he was also God in the flesh. Um, and so Jesus, that, that was the, the first question on the survey. Who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And so Jesus comes to the second part of the survey. He says, I want to know about what you think. My 12 disciples who I handpicked, who have followed me on a daily basis for some time now, what about you? What, what, uh, uh, this is going to hit home to you, guys. This is, as they say, where the rubber meets the road. I, 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 you know, you've seen all the miracles that I've done. You've seen the impact on these crowds. Um, but, you know, Y'all just continue, uh, you, you continually uh, doubt me. You just, day in and day out, you're all over the place with your faith. You, one minute you're, you have this great faith, the next minute you, you're wishy-washy and you, you, your faith is kind of out there and you don't even think that I can provide even though I just fed this great big old crowd with uh, two fish and five loaves of bread. Now you're doubting me that I can feed this other crowd doing the same thing. You know, So, you know, you people. The, the ones who have followed me on a daily basis for quite some time now. Who do you say that I am? And without any hesitation, without, you know, without even taking a, a, a few seconds to think about it, Simon Peter, he, he just blurts it out there. He says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Boom, there it is. Good answer, Peter. And, and in, in my mind, I can just see the other 11, including Judas Iscariot, who has been stealing money from the disciples and, and Jesus, and he's going to soon sell out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver and have him crucified on a cross. I can just see all these other 11 disciples, along with Peter, just shaking their heads saying, oh yeah, they're high-fiving one of the great answer, man. Like, kind of like if you ever watch, uh, um, oh, what is it show where they hit the buzzer uh, with Steve Harvey? 
Oh, I can't remember the name of the show. You know, good answer, good answer. The, the family, family feud. That's it, family feud. And the families, when the person gives an answer, they're back there clapping. Oh, yeah, good answer. Good. That, that's the way I see the disciples here. Oh, it's a good answer, Peter. Way to go. Bing, number one answer. Yeah, and they're like, oh, yeah, let's play, let's play. And so Peter walks over with the other disciples, and they're high-fiving one another, and they're yelling, amen to that. And so where, where did Peter get that answer? How was he just able to blurt that out there, that you are the Messiah, you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God? Where did that answer come from? It didn't come from Peter, that's for sure. Jesus replied, we get the answer to where that, where that came from. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but, my, but by my Father in heaven. That's where the answer came from, from God the Father. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So again, Jesus is trying to get them to understand and figure it out. Hey, I am the Messiah. I am the Christ. I'm the one that the prophets have spoken about hundreds of years ago. I'm the one that you've been looking for. And I have chosen you. Just trust me. Walk with me. Listen to what I'm teaching. And and understand what I'm trying to tell you. Because soon you're going to be taking my place. I'm going to die. And I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be ascending back to my Father. And you're going to be taken over. So here's the, here's the cool thing about this passage. And, and this is the dangers of only reading the Bible and studying the Bible in English. Because we, we, miss, we completely miss in English what Jesus does with Peter's name here. Because he was Simon, son of Jonah, but now he is Peter. And Peter in the Greek is Petros, which means a piece of the rock or a a, a rock fragment, if you will. Now, I looked up the definition of a rock fragment, and here's what it says. A rock fragment means uh, a rock or mineral fragments having a diameter of two millimeters or more. For example, gravel, cobblestones, or cobbles, stones, and boulders. Uh, to be considered a rock fragment, then, it, it, th- that, that pebble or whatever it is, it has to measure a certain size by definition. And that certain size, it's not much. It's, it's only two millimeters, which is probably about the size of a BB, if you you know want to put that in perspective. But that little bitty piece of the rock is still a piece of the rock. And speaking of rock, Jesus said, Upon this rock I will build my church. And so what rock is Jesus talking about? Is he, is he talking about Peter, who is a piece of the rock? Who is, you know, Peter, uh, who is only a, a, a rock fragment? No, absolutely not. Um, and we miss this in the English. Uh, the Greek word for rock here, when, when Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church. He's not saying upon this Petros, upon a piece of the rock, a fragment of the rock, upon Peter. and what, That's not what Jesus is saying here. The Greek word for rock here, when Jesus says, upon this Petra, Upon this rock, upon this Petra, not Petros, but Petra, upon this Petra, I will build my church. And Petra, in the Greek, it means an immovable stone. The church is built on what the Holy Spirit, or what God the Father revealed to Peter at that moment, 
when he blurted out, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, you are the son of the living God. You see, the church is not built on Peter because Peter was wishy-washy. The church is not built on any human being. As we have already discovered that people are, and especially Peter, they can be trusted. You know, one minute Peter's wanting to die with Jesus, and the next minute he's, he's denying Jesus three different times. The next minute, Jesus he, he's in opposition to Jesus, and Jesus is calling him Satan. He says, get behind me, Satan. The, word, the, name, for, the name Satan means opposition. So Jesus was in opposition, Peter was in opposition to Jesus when Jesus told him that he was going to die on the cross. And Peter said, I ain't letting, you, I ain't letting that happen to you. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And, and even, even when the church began in Acts chapter 2 and the Holy Spirit falls, and Peter's filled with this boldness, not long after that, Paul says, I had to confront Peter to his face because he was showing racism. He, he was eating with the Gentiles, but when this certain group of Jews came in the room, Peter left the Gentiles and went over to eat with the Jews. And Paul says, no, I'm not having that. That's, that's being racist. And, and, and so Paul confronted. So Peter, my point is, Peter had flaws, and the church was not built on Peter. He had the keys to the kingdom, and we see that in Acts chapter 2 because he's the one that stands up and delivers the first sermon about Jesus being raised from the dead. And about 3,000 people received his message and were baptized into Christ. And they confessed Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And that's when the church began. So he, just as Jesus said, Peter had the keys to the kingdom. But the kingdom was not built on Peter. The, the, the kingdom, the church was built and is being built on the statement that Peter gave. When Jesus said, who do, people, or who do you say that I am? And Peter instantly because God the Father had given it to him through the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, upon this immovable stone that I am the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, I will build my church and it will not be moved. Peter could be moved. Any human can be moved. We die. Jesus died and three days later was resurrected he is immovable. He is untouchable. He's indestructible. Um, people are destructible. We die and decay. Jesus died, came back to life, ascended back to the Father, and he's sitting at the Father's right hand right now making intercession for his people. He is the head of the church, Ephesians 5.23 and other verses. And he is interceding on our behalf, those of us who are washed in his blood. He is the immovable stone the cornerstone that everything is built upon and it's built upon jesus the church is solid that's why we're two thousand over two thousand years removed when the holy spirit fell on the disciples in acts chapter two and the church began is still going strong no matter how much persecution comes against the church no matter how many people die because of their faith the church will continue to keep going and growing until God decides to send Jesus back and end all of this stuff and we'll be with him in heaven for eternity. So as we end today's podcast, I want to leave you with this thought. Do not, absolutely never ever, do not put your trust in any man or 
woman because they'll fail you all the time. Even Peter, who had the keys to the kingdom, who did many great things for God, including working miracles and preaching the gospel, he made a ton of mistakes. And I've already shared those with you. He denies Jesus. Jesus had to call him Satan because he was opposing the will of God at one point. Uh, and after the church began, Paul says, I had to confront him because he was practicing racism against the Gentiles. And I confront So Peter had flaws. Man will fail you. And I, I don't care how great your pastor, of what we call pastors, the preachers at your church, the elders, I don't care how great of a person they are. Listen, do not put your trust in any man. I don't care if they are your preacher and you listen to them every and they're the greatest preacher you've ever heard. Because look around. Uh, preachers fall left and right. They fall constantly. These preachers who have built these mega churches and they have thousands upon thousands of followers and the next thing you know, they've committed adultery. You know, they're, they're uh, laundering money. They've done, you know, these big sins and 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 they're ousted from their church and, and then, then what? Their church falls apart because people have put their trust in this person and it just wrecks their world and they become a stumbling block or a stumbling stone. Never, ever, ever put your trust or faith in a man. Not even if it's your best friend. Look, your best friend, they're human and they're going to fail you time and time again. Yes, they're going to be there for you more often than they'll fail you. But they're going to let you down because that's what we do as people. We let people down. No matter how good of a person we are and we strive to be like Christ on a daily basis, we are selfish and we look out for number one even though we're supposed to put others first but too many times we don't do that and we fall short and we fail people that's just what we do but you know what jesus never fails there was a song i used to uh i used to sing instead of well i mean i still sing now because i'm a worship leader i don't like to sing i would rather play my instruments and let other people sing because I'm, I'm not the best singer in the world but I remember when I first started singing, we had these things called soundtracks that were on these things we called cassettes. Yes, I go way back. I'm 50 years old. And and, and, and there was a, a my brother had, and, I, and my sister, they had uh, these cassettes, these soundtracks, because they sang at church. And so I, I would listen to it. When nobody was around, I would pop in their cassettes and, and, and play these soundtracks. Uh, and one of the soundtracks was Jesus Never Fails. I encourage you to, to look that song up on YouTube and, 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 and listen to it. The message of that song, even though it's old, it's still strong. Jesus never fails. He didn't fail his disciples ever. He didn't fail the crowds ever. He healed every one of those people that came to him, even the Gentile crowds. And you know what? Though sometimes it does seem like he's not there and he doesn't care because you cry out to him all the time and, and you're getting crickets in response. Listen, keep Keep the faith. Stay faithful. Keep walking with Jesus because He never fails. He will never disappoint. He will never let you down because He is, Jesus is, the immovable stone. Put your faith in Him. Trust Him. 
because Jesus is, as Peter proclaimed, the Son of God. And as Jesus proclaimed, and as the Old Testament writers proclaimed, He is faithful. If we can pray for you in any way, to encourage you in any way, email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. God bless you, and please keep grinding. Thanks for listening to The Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share The Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.